0: And you were faced with something that hit you very suddenly. It was such a life-changing situation. I am a stage three bowel cancer survivor and thriver. The doctor, when he got the results, he
1: said to me, wow, like, I cannot believe you are even standing up here. And I'm like, how did I arrive here? I thought I was healthy. Mm. It gives me goosebumps.
0: My lovely guest Angelica Allen is in Australia. I am now a health and life coach and I help people to achieve health and happiness and success
1: by changing their habits. And, and I would describe myself as somebody who was living like a zombie. I was trapped. I need to find my own answers.
0: And this is why I started my business. But was it an easy decision? Hell no. This isn't just a health lesson. This is whether you're waiting for anything to change in your life. If you're waiting for certain healing modalities to come in, if you're waiting for free energy, if you're waiting for a financial reset, if you're waiting for someone to change the political system so that your life can be different. Um, And it's so beautiful to share this. It's a real story of hope, inspiration and also how rewarding going through that journey is. I love how open and honest you are showing this. I think it's so important. What stopped you going into the self-pity? I just kind of thought, you know, if I die,
1: I want to make sure that my kids know that I have done everything that I could every single day. I want them to watch this. I want them to witness that I've done everything I could to survive. I'm going to conquer this, and I did.
0: Hello and welcome to the Live, Love, Learn podcast with me, your host, Catherine Edwards. Now, as everyone sort of probably knows, those that you've been watching me for a while, I am a biologist and The whole purpose of my channel is to expand consciousness to curiosity, helping us all make conscious decisions in our lives. What I really do is I help animals and their humans live happier and healthier lives using natural solutions, addressing the root cause and connection back with nature. And one of the things I really love doing is looking at helping us all understand what the real challenges are facing us in this world, because if we know what the challenges are, then we can make better decisions for ourselves and our loved ones. Now, my guest on today's podcast is a very, very special lady. Angelica Allen has become a personal friend of mine through our mutual friend, Namala, who you may have seen on some of my Sacred Geometry shows, And Angelica is a stage three bowel cancer survivor, but really thriver. And she has turned her experience into a coaching and mentoring um, business that she runs, really helping people create healthy habits for the long term. And Angelica, you're going to see, is really, really good at what she does. She's been there. She's done it. And what she does in a completely no BS way is she really uses her experience using science-based, reality-based, action-based, um, all sorts of tools she has in her toolkits to help people take charge of their habits to create their dream life. Now, this is the first in a little series I'm going to be doing with Angelica, because so there's far, far too much to do in one interview. But we cover um, about how these things creep up on us, uh, how hindsight's a wonderful thing, how combining traditional treatments and holistic treatments can often buy you that extra time you make to make the lifestyle changes that you need to create the life that you want for you and your family, how letting go of blame, shame, judgment is absolutely key, and the power of what can be achieved. Uh, because most people, don't realize for themselves for their animals for their loved ones just how good we can feel so please I really hope you enjoy this journey with us I think it's Angelica is amazing um I know that everyone, whether it's a health challenge or a financial challenge or a relationship challenge, will learn a lot from these series of discussions Angelica and I will be having. So let us know what questions you've got. Sit back, enjoy, and as always, stay curious and stay free. I am very happy to be communicating across the globe today. I'm in the UK and my lovely guest, Angelica Allen, is in Australia. And today we're going to be having a really powerful conversation that I really hope resonates with everyone. Because whatever you're going through in life, all of us face challenges at different times in our lives. And, you know, my whole show is about... Expanding consciousness through curiosity and about really looking at ways, sharing people's m- proven methods, thought leaders to ideas about how we can all really be the happiest that we can be in this current reality that we find ourselves in. And I know you're going to find Angelica's story really, really inspiring, but not only inspiring, but really, brilliant practical advice that Angelica always shares with everyone. So without further ado, Angelica, can you introduce yourself, please, to the listeners? Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you found yourself on this new path.
1: Thank you so much, Catherine, for inviting me to be here. Uh, It's a pleasure and it's an honor for me. I think the work that you're doing is so, so important. And I'm really, I feel so honored to be here, part, you know, part of this because I think it's such a big mission to spread happiness. Health and practical tools for people to be utilizing in their day to day lives. And I think uh, that is so key with the overwhelm of information that it's out there. But back to introducing myself I am a stage three bowel cancer survivor and thriver. And I am now a health and life coach. And I help people to achieve health and happiness and success by changing their habits. So my teachings are very practical. And come from a place of being my own guinea pig, my, my own experiment. And as you mentioned, you know it's a proven process that I have followed, that I have helped many people to follow, uh, which is um, really practical. You know, and I and I feel that you know with all the information that is out there, we are losing sight and connection to the simplest things that we can do daily that will start making a massive impact on our overall life you know health happiness and everything
0: I this is what i love so much i mean angelica and i've spoken quite a few times off camera and i want to sort of explain how we met i will apologize to people we're having internet issues today so please just bear with us with that we can't quite work out where that's coming from but angelica was introduced to me by a really good mutual friend namala who people have seen on my channel talking about sacred geometry And I think what really inspires me so much about what you're doing is I'm seeing it's very easy, Angelica, isn't it, for people to understand the theory behind things. So when you were faced, I really would want to delve in, if you're happy to do so, a little bit more about your cancer journey, because I think this is really relevant to set the scene for people about the difference between understanding things at an intellectual level and really embodying them and making the changes yourself. And from what I see at the moment, I can see a lot of people and, you know, find that quite a struggle about how they take the information sort of off the screen or out of the book and imply it into their lives. And you were faced with something that hit you very suddenly where you were really, you know, it was such a life-changing situation Talk us through that process as to how you found the strength to actually say, I'm going to take the power back myself with this.
1: Yeah, yes. Um, and it's really interesting when you say that, because when I think back at that person, I think I had a some idea of how important health was. But it was more like a saying, right? Like, I think I see a lot of people saying, like, oh, health is really my priority. Now, if you don't have health, you don't have anything. But until you live through something, we just take it for granted. I think it's, it's kind of human being nature to take something that is given to us that is so precious mm. that we just take it for granted until somebody or something shake us and go, you know, you can't keep doing that. So in regards to how I was I was that person you know I grew up in Brazil uh you know we we eat together food is a massive part of my culture you know we we eat fresh you know fruit and veggies and rice and beans uh, but you know there was a lot of unhealthy things that as well but I mean you know the meaning of health was important to us you know it wasn't I didn't grow up like eating fast food or anything like that because it didn't even have in my you know in my childhood back then that kind of thing But you know, as I you know moved to Europe when I was twenty one and I started experience life in different countries and in more kind of a well Western world and first world countries, you know, I feel that uh, it's very easy to lose a sight and connection to what really means to being healthy. You know, we are led to believe that we need to live this really stressful life. And my life was back then very, very stressful. I had a stressful job. Um, And, you know, I had small kids working full time. Uh, I was exhausted. I was very, very tired. And I thought that was normal, you know, Mm -hmm. and I really want people to stop and, and really almost like take a deep breath with this. It's not normal to be exhausted. I was 38 years old and I kind of started feeling like, is this it? Like, do, do I have to accept like old age, you know, like looking myself in the mirror and thinking, you know, my legs is full of cellulite, I'm bloated all the time, I feel exhausted, my eyes are puffy, you know, I, don't, I, I, I feel a bit lost and overwhelmed, but I was trapped. And to a lot of extent, I was unconscious. And, um, and I really love your mission because your mission is about bringing consciousness to mm. people's life. And, and I would describe myself as somebody who was living like a zombie. I was yeah. asleep and I was just going through, through the motions, you know, and accepting average health, average happiness, mediocre, if mm. anything, you know, everything. And I thought, this is it. You know, this is what people do. Then I have to do that too. Then, you know, when people ask me, what did you feel, you know, like before the cancer diagnosis, bear in mind that my diagnosis was a stage three, B, meaning it had already spread from my gut to the lymph nodes. So it was a step away from being stage four. It was a serious matter. It was no joke. But if there was one common thing that I felt, it was just exhaustion. Yeah. Right? There was no like, you know, my legs were not falling off or, you know, my, it, it wasn't like anything crazy Yeah, I was bloated, but with bloating, you know, I was like, okay, it's my period, mm. right? Like it's so common for women to just go like, this is normal. And within that, you know, if the periods, you know, the doctors kind of diagnose you. Okay. Well, I was iron deficient because of the period and take iron tablets. And then you, that's why you're exhausted. And you get into this kind of endless cycle. And by the way, you need to eat a meat three times a week and it needs to be red meat and it needs to be steak. So I was giving that diagnosis a year before my, um, uh, my cancer diagnosis. You know, you are just anemic. Uh, you need to take iron tablets. You are exhausted because of that. So you need to eat meat on top of that three times a week. So that I went and start, you know, with that, rolling with that. Did my exhaustion go away? Not really. And I just, say you not know, having one sick day. And then probably around three to four months before my diagnosis, I had some bleeding in my stools. Yeah. And that's when I started thinking this is more than, you know, what? You know what what this exhaustion is about you know and, and this iron deficiency and the thing is um again because you're a woman you know nobody's going to stop the world because you have some blood on your stools you know like this is this uh, for a lot of people this is another common symptom for all sorts of different reasons but my doctor my gp is very thorough and she said angelica okay well we need to get you doing a colonoscopy and also talking to a gynecologist to see if there is anything that we can do to make your period, um, you know, change a bit because it's very, very strong. And my period was increasingly uh, becoming heavier and heavier. And I will talk to this a bit later on about it. And I didn't feel pain. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel anything. There was no pain. And uh, we had... And my husband's auntie visit to me like you don't look well like you just don't look well like there is something going on you really need to go to emergency and uh, on a friday easter friday
0: i prepared my uh, door. i'm sorry about these internet glitches um sorry oh, yeah we're just waiting. Right. Yeah, sorry. I'm just explaining to the listeners that the internet's sort of quite bad. So um, we're losing you a little bit in the discussion. So we got to the bit, Angelica, where your husband was saying, you just don't look well. Yeah, yeah. And um,
1: I it was an Easter Friday and I was preparing for my daughter's birthday the next day in the park. And I felt ex- like beyond exhaust exhausted. And I thought, you know, this is kind of unusual because I don't even feel like eating. And I thought, I'm going to go to bed and tomorrow will be a new day, it will be fine. Next day, I arrived. I didn't feel like eating anything. And that was unusual because I'm a good eater. And I thought, this is really unusual. Like, that's odd. I did a party, you know, organized everything, had fun, you know, as much as I could. And I just said to my husband at the end, you need to drop me at the emergency department because i don't feel well Mm. and when i go to the emergency department i told them like i don't feel like eating this is really odd like i eat all the time and you know they they have to go through a process before they do any sorts of you know like ct scans or anything like that and the bloods did not show anything nothing no inflammatory markers are no tumor markers up, nothing. So the doctor, after an hour of discussing with me what was you know, wrong and why you know, I was there, said to me, okay, I'm going to put you through the CT scan. And when he got the results, he said to me, wow, like, I cannot believe you are even standing up here. When you look at your belly now, you know why you're so bloated.
0: Right. We are restarting again because we've moved location for the internet so we don't want to miss any of this story. So, Angelica, you were just getting to the stage where you got the scan results from the doctor and they were completely blown away because your bloods had become back normal, but the scans obviously showed an issue. So, talk us through what they found. So, I had poo backed
1: up on my right side. And I had, the my bowel had gone inside itself closer to the rectum. So this is why I was so bloated. And at that time, the doctor said to me, look, we still are not sure what this is. The bowel going inside itself, it could be a polyp, it could be the time of the scan. But of course, you know, this poo backed up there, it's a real problem. Yeah. And, and I stayed in hospital and you know they couldn't really give me any answers they were talking about okay well we can't really do a colonoscopy as such because you've got all this poo you know we need maybe to give you a laxative and it was really interesting because if they had given me a laxative where the bowel had gone inside itself it could have exploded because that's where the cancer was. Wow. And, and I could see that. And, and I kept feeling queasy. Like I was just like, I really don't feel well. I don't want to eat. And I did not eat anything. And, and they kept asking me, are you feeling bad? And I'm like, nah, do you feel like eating? And I'm like, nah, you know, do you, do you want to go home? And I'm like, not really. Mm. I need to get to the bottom of this." And then all of a sudden, day two comes in and nothing's changing. Day three, and they start telling me, Angelica, we need to start thinking that this is very serious and this could be cancer. Wow. And I'm like, how is this even possible? Like, how did I arrive here? I thought I was healthy. Mm. It gives me goosebumps because, you know, like, if you think about it, And many of my friends told me that, but you always cooked from scratch. You know, you thought you ate well and, you know, and why did that happen to you? And then all of a sudden uh, they kind of said, look, you know, we need to go in and we need to operate you. And some of the surgeons were very scared to do it. But I was lucky enough that one of the senior consultants saw my paperwork and said, I think I can do this laparoscopically. And um, I can come in, do this tomorrow, and hopefully she's not going to end up with a stoma bag, uh, because it's definitely cancer. Wow. And all of a sudden from like go, you know, from my, being at work on a Thursday, I had a surgery on Easter Monday, and they confirmed afterwards it was indeed uh, cancer. I was very lucky with my surgeon. And they, they said to me, it's definitely stage three and you're going to need 12 sessions of chemotherapy. And they leave you with this kind of bomb, you know, like, yeah. Luckily, I had my husband next to me. And I'm, I, 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 I just could barely breathe. Mm. You know, my kids were four and two, six and four, sorry. And for me, it was like, how, how did I get here? How did this even happen to me? And the explanation that I got from the doctors was it was bad luck. There is no genes associated with your bowel cancer diagnosis. You know, there is no uh, precondition, anything like that. Um, It's unfortunate. And for me, it was very much a, a realization of it can't be this. I need to find my own answers. I can't just turn up to 12 sessions of chemo and leave my life in the hands of what they're going to do, which, you know, part of me is grateful for, for what they did. But also, I didn't want to, to just leave it up to chance again. I knew I needed to do more than just turning up to chemo. And I had a month you know it's like okay we need to do you know you get into this conveyor belt of you know it's I call it the cancer conveyor belt we had a surgery we need to start chemo as soon as possible because you know it's a stage 3b has spread for the lymph nodes in a month you need to be ready so you know there is no time for you to even think about it
0: all of a sudden, and, you know, for any listeners out there you know. anything so you know that's yeah. the thing isn't it it's so much sort of yeah bang, 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 and that doesn't leave time for you to feel into it and think, right, how do I want to go with this? Or your husband, you know, and you've got children to look after. Yeah, yeah. And I
1: think, you know, if there's anybody listening to this and they have just been diagnosed, you know, I, I would say that, you know, take some time to think about it, you know, like, and I'm not saying they're diagnosed today. What I would do with all the knowledge that I have at the time, I did not know any better. And part of my journey, I believe, was to go through chemo, and I will explain a little bit about why. And and I think that, you know, it's really taking the charge from that moment on and thinking, let me just regroup and think for myself
0: what it is the right thing for me to do. Mm. I just wanted to say before we move on from that, it's such a powerful point about taking some time because in so many areas of people's lives, They feel that they haven't got that time to sit there and take a moment. And sometimes that's the most important thing we can do and just reach out to someone that can give you some objective opinion and talk you through some options. Because quite understandably, the medical profession are very much looking at it from their lane and that's what they're trained to do. But it's so exactly. important, your belief system, isn't it, going into it. So you were faced with this decision, you and your husband faced with this decision, very little time, but there was a part of you that knew, yes, you might accept that, but you wanted to do something else to really sort of take back that control yourself. So what did you do to do that? What? What? Where did you go next with your journey? So I started reading books about nutrition and I thought,
1: you know, Maybe I can cook some meals that is going to help me through chemo. As I started reading books, I was like, "Oh my God, what is this? Where have I been?" You know, my head is being buried under the sand. sand. Like all of the all of the foods that come from nature have got so much power, healing powers. Like, why did I not know this? Mm. Why was I not taught this you know everybody knows oh it's good to eat vegetables it's good to eat fruit and you know it's good to eat legumes or things that grow on the ground you know it's best that you don't eat things that come from packages but once you make the connection of how healing food is
2: Mm.
1: that food it is the bricks of our house that food is the foundation of our being it's different. It's it's a mindset shift that we talked about it, you know, off camera, and you were talking about, you know, you were talking to your dad, I believe, about the fry up, you know. If you had that mindset shift, is not that you would have to say to yourself, I don't want to eat this, is that you wouldn't want to eat that anyway.
0: Yeah. I think the thing is that I love about um, – w- there's so many things that stand out about you, but one, Angelica, the thing that stands out to me so much – is how much you owned it, how much you owned the fact that this is happening to me and I'm going to take responsibility and find out what I can do differently. Because it's so much in a lot of human nature to go very much into blame mode, which is completely understandable, but yes. that takes a lot of energy that could be put into process. So how mm-hmm. your natural personality or did you actively... What stopped you going into the self-pity and, and allowed you to go into, I'm just going to go for this and take all the positives that I can? That's the juicy bit, right? Like the emotional and the mental stuff.
1: I had been a victim for all my life. Even though from the outside I was a strong person, I realised that that victim mentality is, Like, you know, really feeling like a victim and feeling, oh my God, you know, I had such a hard life. I need to fight life and I need to, you know, I'm alone in the world and why everything bad happens to me. I had been that person secretively, unconsciously. And I realized that I couldn't be that person anymore if I wanted to survive, firstly for my kids. Because at that point, I couldn't do anything yet for myself because I hadn't learned how to accept and love myself. yeah, I had been angry for so many years, for so many things that had happened in my life. I had blamed other people for so many things that had happened in my life. So as soon as people said to me, fight, I'm, I'm tired of fighting. Like you said, it takes so much energy to fight. I said, I'm tired of fighting. I'm not going to fight this. I'm going to embrace this. I'm gonna embrace this with full arms, with all my being, because this came to my life for a reason. Yeah. So, so for me, it was a very uh, important moment, and and you know, when I look back and I try to think about the details of it, I mean, the only thing I can think of is is really I needed to do it for my kids. There were six and four, and the thought of leaving them. To grow up of down mom, it left me paralyzed. It left me, I just couldn't even think about it. And and I spent a couple of weeks in that dark place. And there was one day that kind of I spent the whole day crying and listening to sad music. And I thought, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I'm going to conquer this. And I did.
0: Yeah it's that decision, isn't it? So many people talk about it Angelica, you know, Tony Robbins talks about it, loads yeah. of, um, you know, really good spiritual leaders things. It's that time when you get to yourself where you just say enough from now yes. forward, I'm going to make changes. I'm going to make changes. And that, that decision point can come to people for all sorts of different reasons. But how important is it? Because you you are an expert on habit change know, and things, which yeah. I love. It's so, so important. But how can people know when they've really come to that decision, when they've made that commitment to themselves?
1: I think you need to get to that point. Enough is enough, isn't it? Like really, um, like I said, and it could be for many different reasons. It could be a relationship breakup. It could be you know, a, a job that you no longer can put up with, you know, like that you, I just can't do this any longer. Or it could be your health as well. You know, it could be so many different things. And I think for me, at the beginning of my journey, I read a book and it was unintentional because I just picked this book up from the library. Uh, and was a mom that was going through chemo. And and by chance, no, by chance, she also had bar cancer and hers was stage four. And as I kept reading this book, I saw that this woman wasn't changing and Mm -hmm. she had three kids and her kids were terrifying. They were 10 and 11 and they, you know, they were posting things on social media about, you know, they were really sad that their mom was sick and their mom was going to die. And I just kind of thought, you know, if I die, I want to make sure that my kids know that I have done everything that I could every single day. I want them to watch this. I want them to witness that I've done everything I could to survive.
0: Yeah. And
1: I could, that I want to have that peace of mind that I gave them the, 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 that I led by example, that they saw me doing it. And I think that's, you know, for me, it was that was my motivation. And, and I think the motivation can come from different places. But I think what happens with people, even when they have that, you know, that they're in diagnosis or, you know, they know they need to change. I think there is a, a part of people that they feel that it's, you know, if it's too hard, I'm going to give up. <laughs> mm. You know, if it's too difficult, I'm not sure if I can do it. You know, and, and really, it's not an easy journey. You know, the self discovery journey, the self healing, physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever you're going through, it is a journey, it is a process. And the reason why for me it was so important to go through chemo is that chemo stopped me. Yeah. If I had had stage two and surgery and back to work, I would have gone back to work and been the same person. I was so stubborn about being unconscious and blaming other people and feeling like a victim i had so many habits ingrained in me that i needed something to stop me and just to go you need a big shake up and you need to wake up but you're going to have to do it slowly one step at a time because you've been doing life too too fast too rushed And you really need to learn how to slow down. And for me, that was a massive part. And when you talk about habits is that, you know, when I work with my clients and they say, Angelica, but then, you know, I don't know if I can do this. This is too hard. I know that. I dragged myself for a five minutes walk during chemo when I felt sick as a dog. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, when I just, I didn't think I had the need to do it, but I did it. And guess what? I felt better afterwards. You know, I didn't do 45 minutes workout and, you know, change my diet overnight. It was one step at a time. But because I did that, I was able to finish the 12 sessions feeling stronger than I started. Now, my intention wasn't that. My intention was I want to survive the next chemo t- treatment, which is in two weeks time. Mm. Cancer had me like kneeling on the ground. It wasn't an easy journey. I had many delays in my chemo uh, journey because I had you know, low white cells, low platelets, end up in hospital with a bleeding that they did not know how to explain. And I was bleeding to death. You know, like it, it, it is a journey that you're literally taking day by day. And that was one of the hardest. You know, I don't like calling battle, but I would say process. Mm -hmm. The physical stuff, I believe, you know, our bodies are so resilient, are so beautiful, are so intelligent. But the mental, like if you are not on top of it in a journey like that, it's very easily you can get unbalanced and get down into a spiral. And I learned that, that I needed to be really on top of my mental health every single day which yeah. led me to practicing yoga meditation you know working on my emotional healing journey of forgiveness and all of those things but it was all about you know taking one day at a time
0: it's so interesting so everyone watch my channel you know people these are people that have done a lot of self-work generally and every single spiritual practice or self development program, every single one, I've ne- I've yet to come across one that doesn't talk about the importance of being in the present moment. And what you've decided yeah. to, uh, just described to us yeah. was that you had no choice. The universe had pulled that rug so deeply away from you and your family that you had to be in the present moment. You couldn't plan ahead yeah. because you weren't able to at that stage and it's so interesting isn't it to see how these core principles come back time and time and time again you know there's so many of these modalities that we can all use ourselves but at the core there's the same messages coming through time and time again it's fascinating that it is so and you
1: said it so beautifully that it happened exactly like You know, at the beginning, I would be like planning. Okay, well, I'm going to have my session, you know, in two weeks time. And then I'll finish my 12 treatments in September, October. And then I would have a delay. And then I'll have another delay. And then I would have a sore throat and I couldn't get a chemo. And when I had that bleeding, you know, this is how stubborn I was in the process. Now I was still trying to control life and control everything, you know but I'm doing everything. I'm changing my diet. I'm exercising. Why, you know, why am I getting those delays? So I had this bleeding, which was a period that they said to me, you're going to go into menopause. And I didn't, I was the only patient with one ovary that had a period during chemo and they did not know how to stop. The bleeding was so intense that they were just like puzzled. They were like, I I just don't know how this is happening. And I remember that, you know, every day they, oncologists would come because i was in a cancer ward and they'll be like you know how are you feeling your plate your your white cells are still zero you know your your um uh red cells you know are just going down and we need a uh, blood transfusion iron transfusion uh but you know you can't get out there because you your white cells are zero and you have zero soldiers and Uh, Every day I would wake up and say to the nurse, do you know what my red cells are? Do you know what my white cells are? Do you know what my neutrophils are? And they're they're busy. You know, they're like, oh, I'll check for you and I'll come back, you know. And there was this uh, beautiful oncologist who was from Colombia and she saw me doing that. And uh, she came uh, uh, to see me at about four o'clock by herself and she spoke to me in Spanish. So she wasn't talking to me as an oncologist, but as a a human being, she said, Angelica, you need to let go. Your body is going to do what it needs to do when it needs to do. You need to stop waking up every single day and asking the nurses what your neutrophils are, what your white cells are, what your red cells are. You're going to get out of here when you can. But right now you need to stay here because if you go out there, you are going to die. And for me, it took me about four sessions of chemotherapy. That was the moment that the penny dropped.
2: Mm.
1: And I was like, that's right. That's that's the journey that, you know, when you talk about blaming, I've decided to come on this journey. Mm. This is the way I decided to learn, you know, what I am going through. I made those decisions. You know, because I've been stubborn, because I've been trying to control. You know, and I now know what I need to do. I just need to let go, and let go in itself is a journey, right? It's a practice, it's a habit.
2: Mm. You know,
1: you don't go from a person who is a control freak to, you know, letting go of everything. You know, like I'm saying, it took me four sessions <laughs> to realize. You know, just plan for the next hour. Yeah. That'll be good enough. <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know forget about tomorrow there might not be a tomorrow Mm. and that is so power so simple but so powerful right like you're saying every practice you know people teaching those simple things but the power in it is is in actually doing it like for me that you know for me that is my meditation practice Which, you know, at the beginning, I'll be sitting there thinking like, this is ridiculous. My mind is going crazy. I'm thinking about all sorts of different things. This is doing nothing. I'm not made for this. This is ridiculous. This is pointless. Then after a year of meditating, we went to the UK to visit family. And I exercise every day, but I didn't meditate. And I realized that I lost the ability to bring my attention back to the present moment as quickly as I was able to. And then it clicked for me. This is what the meditation practice does. It helps me to bring my attention back to the present moment. Beautiful. Sometimes we might find that it's not doing anything, right? Like what is it going to do if I just eat more fruit and vegetables? Well, it will do something slowly on the background that you don't even realize. And the more you do it, the more it compounds. And before you know, you don't like crave anymore for chocolate biscuits and, you know, Coca-Cola and, you know, salami and cheese. You, you crave the fruit and the vegetables and the healthy meals.
0: I love this so much because it's so true. And it's one of my dogs has recently just twinged her back because she's very energetic and she leaps everywhere. But what I love, Angelica, is hearing you describe what you've gone through. I see this with animals the whole time. You know, that's my speciality, working with animals and they're humans. But what I see is they innately know when they need to rest. They know when they need to fast. You know, they know. Now, sometimes us humans can pull them out of that because we're obsessed that they need to eat, they need to drink, they need to exercise. Yeah that things. Yes. but animals know and we know but we're so so much conflicting information out there um one one interesting point I really wanted to cover at this stage if we can I know we're we're going to have to do a part two because we haven't got on yeah. and I don't want to rush it because there's so many lessons here For me, pointing out to anyone who's watching this is this isn't just a health lesson. This is whether you're waiting for anything to change in your life. If you're waiting for certain healing modalities to come in, if you're waiting for free energy, if you're waiting for a financial reset, if you're waiting for someone to change the political system so that your life can be different. All of these are lessons you've learned through your journey, very much, wow, you know, what a journey you've been through to learn these lessons. But if you could, just for this stage of it, how could you explain your experience and how it helps you with your coaching or working with other people to say, look, this is something you can apply to all aspects of your life?
1: Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people that are drawn to my message, they are already feeling some physical discomfort. They might not have a diagnosis yet, but you know, their body is already telling them, you know, this is not going well. And then, of course, that's affecting them mentally and emotionally as well. And and I think that once we start changing what they do, I I really like focusing on what people do and practice every single day. I think there is things that are outside of us, like the modalities that you're speaking about, that can support us. But the core of health, happiness, and success is what we do. Yeah. Which is is scary because that's like taking full-on responsibility. So even something as little as, you know, a lot of people, they might have relationship issues, which is affecting their health. Like, for example, you know, I had a client. She said, I'm exhausted. There is no explanation. The, the doctors just told me, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. Come back in three months and do another blood. And we started implementing the physical changes, some emotional changes of like things like how she dealt with her work and, and day-to-day interactions with her clients and prioritizing her time. And she started feeling lots of energy, but her relationship wasn't right. You know, and at the end of my coaching program, you know, she's like, I've got it now. And I know what I need to do, you know, physically, I'm, the habits are ingraining, you know, like I wake up and I'm, you know, do my morning routine and I'm eating differently. I know what I need to do, exercising, you know, I'm I'm doing everything. I said, but there is one thing here that I'm going to remind you that is going to be a trigger, which is your relationship. Now, I'm not asking you to, you know, break up with your husband, your partner, whatever. But you need to understand that whenever something happens in a relationship, it's gonna pull your energy down. And 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 it's how you deal with that that is going to be the defined factor if you keep feeling full of energy, or if you let yourself go down to the exhaustion path again. Yeah. It's a choice, right? Like if if you're choosing to um, you know, in staying in this relationship, you, you know, I believe people can lead by example. And I think a lot of my clients have done that. They have changed their partners because, you know, a lot of people are waiting for their partners to change so they can change. Which, you know, we know it's, <laughs> it, 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 you know, it's a myth. If you want to see the change in the world, you need to change. You need to lead by example. You know, I believe everything is possible. But then there is a point that you need to make that decision. Is this serving me or not serving me?
2: Absolutely. So this is
1: when, you know, and work is the same thing, right? Like I'm, you know, when I went back to my corporate job after cancer, you know, and I, I, I kind of found myself, I just can't fit in any more in this environment. I'm really, I really tried because I loved what I did. I used to work in recruitment and it was helping people with their jobs. And, and I thought, all I do is meet people that are deeply unhappy. They are stressed out of the bone. they're not looking after health and i want to shake them and say wake up they're living unconsciously and i can't be surrounded by these people anymore i need to help people to wake up yeah and this is why i started my business but was it an easy decision hell no you know, after everything that I had gone through, was it easy to go, oh, okay, I have this really great job of a good salary. Should I just start my business with zero clients and no security and safety? Who does that, right? Like, you think like you're crazy, you know, it's going to be stressful, you know, you're going to have to, you know, overwork yourself, you know, to make anything happen. And from the get go, you know, I made myself a promise, you know, from from when I was diagnosed with cancer you know my health is always going to be a priority and i am always going to be put first even before my kids because when i didn't do that i wasn't sure if i was going to be around for my kids
2: Mm. and i couldn't afford to do that anymore
1: i can't afford to do that anymore
0: it's a saying isn't it angelica that you know if if you can't solve a problem from the same reality that it's created from, or if you keep doing the same things, you're going to keep getting the same results. And this is why I think we will definitely be doing probably a part two and a part three for this. So in the comments below, please do let us know your questions because we're going to come on to in session two, some of the real tools that can really help you with whatever aspect of your life that you're going through these changes. But I'd like to just say you have had these changes that you've made for yourself. You made such an important point about leading by example. Can you share any of the repercussions this has had on your family, on your immediate family, by you completely transforming your lifestyle and your, most importantly, mindset? So I'm
1: married and for me it was very important that I changed my Uh, especially my eating habits together with them we are a very close family and I couldn't do it on my own they are part of me so I started making those changes very very slowly because I couldn't ask of my husband who was looking after me and looking at it we don't have any family in Australia on top of that to cook a different meal for me Mm. so the changes were very very slowly 90% plant-based yeah yeah. So, so uh we eat a 90% plant-based diet. Yeah. And um and for me, you know, my kids, they both could come here and give anybody a nutrition class mm. because I explained to them. I took them on a journey with me. I would draw, I would explain, even about like the genes, you know, like I've got like the 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 diabetic the diabetes diabetes genes in my family. You know, but I'm saying, okay, well, both grandparents had diabetes. My dad had diabetes. I had gestational diabetes, but that, you know, I've got in me to have the diabetes. But with everything that I do daily, you know, I'm not switching that gene on. You know, they they know all of that. You oh, know, yeah. they, they 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 could, and I'm really proud of them because they get the information from the government going to school and telling them what they should be eating and they come home and they're like mommy you can't believe what they said that we should be eating (laughs) because they know um my husband uh, he's uh the healthiest and the fittest that he has ever been and myself as well so we went on this journey of exercising you know the eating and meditation and all of it um it was a this is a really funny story he had a little bit of a, a high cholesterol and and my doctor, she's she's beautiful, my GP, and she said, Angelica, uh, she said to him, like, look, there is nothing you can do with your cholesterol anymore. You know, you've got the family history; it's already as low as it can be. Uh, but there is nothing you you know you can do anymore. You know, it has already reduced a lot. And I said, no, there is something that he can do more. And she went, what? <laughs> I was like, well, he can he needs to exercise more, and uh, he did, and his cholesterol is normal. Yeah. So, so you know, um, there is so much power in our own body, so much intelligence, intelligence you know, there is so much, um, you know, for me, I've built this beautiful connection with my body because I cannot believe how resilient the body is. You know, I was in, in awe with everything that my body did for me. And I feel so blessed, you know, like, and I, when I say this, I feel it in my body because I build that connection with my body. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like beyond the watch. You know, when I work with clients, that it's a big shift that they have. Like the actual physical changes are not that hard. Yeah. It's it's really their mindset behind it, the, mental, the changing of perspective, building that relationship with your body. You know, if we think about, you know, the whole diet culture, you know, if diet worked, everybody would be thin. And yet we have 52% of the population on obesity level. And, you know, one of my clients who is around 60 years old and we started implementing the changes and she she was amazing because she changed really quickly in her own accord to a very much plant-based diet. It wasn't something that, um, you know, I believe, i didn't say to her like you need to become plant-based you know i share my teachings but of course you know some people they might not want to be completely plant-based but for her i was like no, i just really like this and i'm loving this and she's cooking from scratch and she was loving it and exercising and she said angelica but um you know four weeks on and i'm not losing weight and i said okay she said i'm thinking i'm going to start fasting and I said, okay,
2: so you
1: haven't been on this yo yo diet for 30 to 40 years, you've told me. Mm. And you want your body to change and lose all the weight that you want your body to lose in four weeks.
2: Do you think that is doable?
1: Oh, no, I don't think that's doable. Okay, so as you can. This, this is a habit and a pattern, right? Your habit here is to go back into starving yourself because that's all you know.
2: Mm.
1: So you've already came up with a plan. Okay, I'm going to starve myself with the fasting.
2: She said, oh, I really get that now.
1: You know, it takes, it takes years to become, to create sickness in the body. Yeah. But I would always say it doesn't create the same amount of time for you to create health.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, look at me, like five years on, I feel the healthiest I have ever been. I take zero medication. You know, I, I'm, I have so, so much energy. But when you, I look back at myself, this I know when this cancer started inside my body. And it was probably when I was in my mid-20s. Mm-hmm.
2: when
1: I was diagnosed when I was 38 years old.
0: Exactly. And this is why I think, you know, one of the most important things you said today is just this allowing yourself the time to make the decision. Because if anyone gets a diagnosis or some other real curveball in another area of your life thrown at you, it's so hard not to go into the flight or flight response, our survival response, because that's what it is. But actually, if you're not just about to be eaten by a lion, You've got time to take because this, if it's saying cancer, it didn't appear overnight. Therefore, allowing yourself a week or two to take the time that you need is absolutely so, so critical. One thing I really want to ask you before we finish for today, I know um, we we will definitely be back for part two, but you've mentioned some really good experiences that you've had with your medical professionals, some doctors that you've interacted with on this journey. And there's so much judgment around everything at the moment, you know, in every aspect of everyone's lives. People have got an opinion. People have got judgments. But what did allowing yourself to go through chemotherapy give you? Was it time to make those changes? Because there's a lot of judgment over people's choices often, aren't there, Angelica?
1: Oh, my gosh. so, So much judgment. I think I've since then I've completed a bachelor of holistics health sciences. And um when I look at my case, uh, my surgeon was incredible. I see some I still go to the same hospital and, and he did my last colonoscopy and he didn't realize that was me waiting to, you know, to go into the room and because I had a mask on and he had a mask on and I was like oh my god you know you saved my life four years ago and and you know you don't remember me and you know of course he doesn't remember there's so many patients and oh yeah 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 and and that man saved my life because so many there's so many things that could have happened you know the 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 cancer was just uh up from the rectum so that was blocking for all that poop You know Mm -hmm. to come out. I could have had you know all of that poo going all over my body and killed me. Yeah. You know I needed that surgery at that time. Looking out for me. It was that moment that I said, you know, drop me the medicine. I knew that there was something that I needed to do about it. Yeah. Now the oncologists, you know, like like you were saying before, you know, they are just doing their job. You know, they're looking at, you know, how much. You know, the oncologist told me, I'm going to give you the strongest chemo your body can take. That's his job. He he doesn't see beyond that. Mm. It's not his job to tell you to change your life. Yeah. He's not trained for that. His job is a different job. And I think when we get into the place of like, you know, condemning, you know, the medical people, you know, and just, oh, no, why didn't they tell me this? And it's not their job. They are doing their particular job. The gastroenterologists, you know, they're looking at something else because I, you know, I go to both the oncologist and the gastroenterologist. You know, is everything going well? You know, because we still need to do the colonoscopies. You know, do you have any issues? And you know, it, it's a whole different focus there. Yeah, but bottom line is, who knows my body best? Me. Who can take charge of what I do daily myself? No. Nobody's going to do that work for me. That was quite clear from the get go. Mm-hmm. I needed to change dramatically my whole entire life and and I really think i I am grateful the nurses all the work that they do you know like around you and you know doing the chemo therapy and and yes, I mean, there is a lot of people because I started following all the natural, you know, people that believed in, in natural science and natural medicine and all of that. And and yet I, I just saw it like, you guys see this as one way or the other. I see this as gold. Yeah. Sometimes we need to use conventional to buy some time. Absolutely. And I would say I, I was in that category because, you know, for me it was, you know, I had a little cyst on my liver. And at the beginning of my, uh, uh, you know, after surgery, they sent me to do a scan and they were looking at my liver, no joke, for one hour. And and the guy said, I'm just going to get another person to look just to make sure. At, at the time, I did not know what they were doing.
2: Mm.
1: They, they were looking to see if that cyst was cancer. And I know it was cancer because that cyst is no longer there. Mm. But, you know, like it's their job. They're focusing on their thing. They So, you know, when I ask myself now, would I have done chemo if I had all the knowledge that I have now? I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You can only say you are going to do this or that once you are in, in in a situation. A lot of people told me, you know, oh, but, you know, don't do chemo. It's the worst thing ever. I finished 12 sessions of chemo and I'm so proud of that, feeling stronger than I started. Because I focus on my health, I focus on my body, I focus on my eating, I exercise hard. On you know, my worst days, I would go for a five-minute walk. On my best day, I would go for it. Yoga for an hour, strength exercises, you name it, run, everything. I, I built up to doing that. But every little bit that I did, it counted massively to the end result. You know, one of the nurses told me when I finished the 12th session, I was there for the last one. He said, Angelica, well done for finishing the 12 sessions of chemo. And I said, not anybody do that? And he said, hell no. I have seen four people in eight years of oncology finishing this chemo treatment. Hmm. And I was like, oh my God. You could have told me that at the start. (laughs) And I was just joking here. But, you -hmm. know, that was insane because, you you know, like, I just, for me, I was so focused. I was focused. You know, and when people say, you know, life is going to get in the way, life is going to get busy again. Life hasn't got busy again for me. Life hasn't got busy again for my health. Because I want to live so much. I want to... Do so many things and still, and I remind of myself every single day of it.
2: Brilliant, absolutely love it. So
0: we are going to be back for part two, where we're going to talk you through some of Angelica's key mindset tips and habit tips about how to first and foremost look at what habits you want to change and secondly about how important it is to staying with them but this background to the story is so so important because I've taken so much out of that Angelica thank you so much for sharing that and you know one of the main things I've personally taken out of it and I would love to hear below what the listeners have but for me it's so important to let go of that judgment judgment for yourself judgments for others we're all on different journeys there's been so much um you know blame this person's done that to us yes our whole education system is wrong but it's not your your, the school's job to bring up your children for you yes our healthcare exactly but it saved a lot of lives so if we focus on the fact that we're all on this journey together and every single person on that journey has a part to play, a very important part to play, then all that energy that we can put towards blaming and judgment can be yes. put towards the positive of the healing. That's beautifully said. Yeah. And there is so
1: much energy wasted in that. I really believe that. Yeah. That. It's very powerful, you know, to to finish like this, because I think that, you know, me as a person, when you talk about the blame and the anger, I, you know, a third of my cancer, and we can talk about this on the next one, it was that. Yeah. Yeah. All the energy wasted in that.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I love how open and honest you are showing this. I think it's so important. Now, Angelica, tell everyone how they can get hold of you. And of course, I will put all your links below. So they can get hold of me on, I've got a website
1: on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and uh, LinkedIn. And I'm experimenting with TikTok as well. (laughs) So yeah, so yeah, you can just get in touch and uh, yeah, I'd love to. But yeah, like I said, please, you know, ask questions so we can really talk about uh you know the the answers and the questions around what you you need right now and you know, what are the things that you are going through right now because i think it's really important to understand
0: more about the issues so we can really address them i love it i absolutely love it so in the comments below angelica and i will be keeping an eye on them we will be answering your questions but very importantly making a list of priorities for the next discussion because Having known Angelica for a while and our mutual friend, Namala, I can promise you, anyone who's got a challenge in your life, please get in contact with Angelica. She offers various different programs that you can work with her. And it's this is possible. We can all live our best lives. We can change our personality. We can change the trajectory yes. of ourselves. You've been through this journey with your family um and yes. it's so beautiful to share this it's a, a a real story of hope inspiration and also how rewarding going through that journey is you know it's so so important so thank you so much Angelica we really appreciate you any final words you want to leave people with
1: thank you so much for having me and um you know I would love to do a part two but to really serve people with- what they they need right now because like I said you know we need more hope we need more positive messages and I think it's beautiful the work that you were doing to to feel linked to that you know we definitely need more of that in the world
0: thank you so much thank you everyone for listening if you this does resonate with you if there's someone in your life please do share it with them because this is how we make the world a better place thanks very much bye <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed that conversation and I hope there's at least one thing that you can take away and apply to your own life or to the lives of your animals. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and if you feel inspired, please do share with your friends and family. My goal is to inspire as many people as I can to live their best lives, to stay curious and to raise their consciousness and that of the collective. So to do this, I need to reach as many people as possible, and this needs your help. If you feel drawn, would you be willing to share your favourite episode with five different people? This helps us spread the word and also helps me encourage some exciting new guests to take part in this podcast. If you feel drawn to do that, I will be very, very grateful. All the links and discount codes were applicable for the products that I support are on my two websites, katherineedwards.life and katherineedwardsacademy.com. All of the products are personally tried and tested by me, my family and my clients. And finally, please do press the follow or subscribe button, depending which platform you're listening on. And above all, stay curious and stay free.